the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, it's the 7 o'clock hour. This is when things get really rowdy. Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran, who's on the road. Enjoying the Laramie County Lincoln Day dinner. Being the great committee man he is. I'm glad to see all these Lincoln Day dinners in Colorado. That's where That's where you get energized and excited for the great fight that's ahead for the future of this state. We were just talking about what's happening in New Mexico where the governor's like, oh, it's an emergency. All your Second Amendment rights are taken away. Um, lawmakers are down there seeking to impeach now the governor over all this. It's nuts. And it's all because we never, ever made them pay for what they did during COVID, where they just declared emergencies just about everywhere and made us all do crazy things. And I've said on when I filled in before, the masking of preschoolers is the issue that I will never get over during that pandemic. What they did to these young kids, these kids, you know, writhing on airplanes, kicking them off with their mothers, these kids in schools forced to wear masks when there's no scientific evidence that that helped anything. And so they got away with these draconian laws, closing churches, John MacArthur's church having to sue, all that stuff taking place. And then we essentially, during the last election, just put them all right back in office. And so now they're looking at issues like crime to punish Second Amendment, you know, perfectly valid law-abiding Second Amendment supporting people as opposed to actually punishing criminals. Please vote these people out of office. We need a a wholesale change, guys. We do. All right. Um, Jared Polis wants to run for president. And fortunately for America, Colorado Democrats don't do that well on the national stage. Hence, 2020, John Hickenlooper and Michael Bennett both running for president and nobody caring. Uh, the entire national, even the Democrat establishment, ignoring these guys. Well, Polis wants to be for president, wants to run for president. And he did a interview where, you know, with John Stossel, where he's claiming to be libertarian. And John is a great journalist. I love John, but he was way too soft. And I just wish he had talked to somebody about what's like to live in Colorado under Jared Polis's regime. Because Jared loves to claim this mantle as the most libertarian governor in the entire country. And he's for you know getting rid of the income tax and pro-drug legalization. And he wants businesses to thrive. And he's a successful entrepreneur. And he started charter schools as well. So he's for school choice. And so it's going to be up to us. Because Jared Pulse is very wealthy. He's going to have more resources than Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper did to Tell the world the truth about Jared Polis. We have lived in this regime going on now six years. And Colorado is not a thriving state. 
And one of the things that is, I think, most critical for all of us to make sure that the nation knows is that if you're a Christian trying to run a business in the state of Colorado, people like Jack Phillips or Lori Smith, the government doesn't just throw roadblocks in your way. It drives you through decades of direct persecution. It was horrible on Jack Phillips under Jared Polis and John Hickenlooper's leadership in this state. Horrible what that guy has been through. And it is just brushed away. Listen to some of these clips. Jared Polis having a conversation with John Stossel about these Supreme Court decisions. If I'm a baker or a website designer and I oppose gay marriage, I, it's okay to force me to make a cake or a website for your marriage? That's a really tough one, John. So you get into no, kind of these. Not. So first of all, I certainly agree with if you're a public accommodation, a public business, you're a store, let's say storefront, you can't say no blacks, no Jews, no gays. You can't discriminate, right? Now you get into the creative side, obviously on the other extreme. You're an artist who works by commission. Obviously, you don't have to accept a commission uh, to paint something or do something that you don't agree with. I mean, you can reject it for whatever reason you want. So now there's a gray area in the middle, right, where what's creative and what's a public accommodation. And that's kind of what's being hashed out. Um, now, I think many on the progressive side think not always as a matter of goodwill. We think that some of the folks trying to chip away at the non-discrimination protection have a broader agenda than just trying to protect, you know, truly creative individuals. If you look at this particular case, it was a very contrived case, this uh, 303 case. It never nope, really it happened. I mean, there was no business making wedding invitations. There were no gay people that wanted it done. Uh, a very bizarre set of facts to make a decision on. But obviously, the legitimate discussion to say, where is it a public accommodation, which I agree should not have discrimination, and where is it something that is uh, creative and, and therefore up to the artists what they want to do? Okay, so the radical left in Colorado found a small Christian baker. And I've talked with those on the other side about this. I remember talking with one of the leading figures in the LGBTQ movement in the state of Colorado. I said, what the heck were you guys thinking with Jack Phillips, you literally found the nicest guy in Colorado and decided to drag him through a decade of government persecution. And he said that was the biggest strategic mistake we could have made was going after Jack Phillips. They thought they were going to get this guy because of his faith. He was going to be a bigot and we're going to draw him out and he's going to say horribly homophobic things about the gay community and we're going to have it all on media and we're going to publicly crucify this guy because of his Christian values. That was the strategy in a Jared Polis, John Hickenlooper state. Go after the Christians, the conservative Christians, and make them pay for their religious values. That's what they were trying to achieve with Jack Phillips. They literally found the nicest guy in the entire state who would serve anybody, just didn't want to violate his own conscience with regards to not only LGBTQ gay marriage issues, but Halloween, divorce, you know, bachelorette parties, all that stuff. 
He's a man of deep, committed principles. And they filleted him for 10 years. And he continues to get sued by the radical LGBTQ community. He's still fighting that. That's Jared Polis's great libertarian state where religious freedom takes a backseat to whatever agenda the progressive left drives? Give me a break. John Stossel presses him. And to simplify, what about the freedom of the business owner? If I own a business and I say, I'm only going to serve people who wear no shoes, why isn't that my right? Uh, well, first of all, it's bad for uh, your business. And but that's so my choice. individuals will uh, make the optimal decisions. It's bad for the economy in general. But, yeah, it has ramifications. I mean, if you're the only hardware store in town and you say people, certain people can't shop here, um, you know, that means... But this was people, not the only bakery or the only website. Well, this gets into, again, whether it was creative or not. Largely, these things sort themselves out. But I think it's very important that if we aspire to a society that is blind on race and gender discrimination and sexual orientation discrimination, that, yes, we make sure that um, people can get served in public businesses, whoever they want. Um, there are, again, institutions in society that are allowed to discriminate, and those are like private clubs and things like that. But if you hold yourself out as doing business with, with anybody, as a, for instance, a store, then yeah, you do business with anybody. Yeah. So this is where they twist the facts. And you heard it around Lori Smith as well during the previous case that it was, you know, a contrived set of facts for Lori Smith. It wasn't at all. I know Lori. I know her pastor. I know exactly what happened. And here's the truth. Lori Smith runs a website design company. She's getting requests for creating marriage websites, or she wants to get into that business. She wants to get into marriage website business. She has seen what the state of Colorado did to Jack Phillips, and she asked her pastor, what should I do? Her pastor says, call Alliance Defending Freedom so you can get some clarity on this, because in this great free libertarian state of Colorado, if you're a Christian business owner, you'll have to fight all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court in order to get relief. And even then, you won't get that much relief. And the attorney general will say, well, we're not really going to change our laws. This is what drives me nuts about this notion that Jared Polis is somehow some libertarian governor. Maybe if you wanted to be a pot shop or an abortion mill or anything like that in this state, yeah, you can generally run that without much harassment. But if you're a Christian baker or website designer or you're someone of Christian conservative values, you run the risk of the government coming in and really clamping down on you. So Lori Smith is wondering... I have a website design company. I wonder if I'm going to get treated like Jack Phillips if I open up to wedding designs, wedding website designs. And so she contacts ADF. She goes, it, ADF says, that's not very clear. With this law, we should do a preemptive lawsuit towards the state to clarify on this. And that's what went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it was so successful that the left had to contrive all sorts of stuff about this. I remember uh, ADF and Lori Smith did an interview with Kyle Clark on Channel 9. And Kyle Clark goes, well, are we going to have signs now that you don't serve gay people 
in restaurants. Had nothing to do with that. The facts of the case had nothing to do with that. The left spun this because it was so clearly, it was so clear that the government was using this anti-discrimination law not as a shield to protect LGBTQ people, but a sword to go after Christian conservatives. You can't do that in this country. You can't. It's not right. And in the state of Colorado, we seem to have this consistent problem over and over and over again where the government is used as a sword to go after Christian conservatives. That story needs to be told at the national level. Here's the end of that interview. Then, yeah, you do business with anybody. But you spoke out against these recent Supreme Court decisions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, again, skeptical of the tone and direction. I mean, is is there a legitimate way that a legislature could work to define what's creative and what's a public accommodation? I'm sure there is. It's, it's going to be very elusive in today's society, John, because I truly think that, again, on the Republican side, many are not actually trying to define creative business. They're trying to more in a broader way, get rid of non-discrimination. And then there are many on the left for whom this would be kind of a uh, untouchable area. But yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there is a type of work that is creative and, and, and obviously you can't force an artist to accept a commission uh, if they don't want to paint it or they don't want another decision. Jared Polis spoke out against these two cases. In Jack Phillips's particular case that got all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, the decision was that the state of Colorado was so animous in its treatment of Christian conservatives, equating them. These were state officials at the Civil Rights Commission equating Christian conservative values with Nazism, slavery, racism. That the U.S. Supreme Court said you are so full of animus that Jack Phillips cannot be treated equally in this state. And they reprimanded the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. Now, they didn't go far enough in that case, which is why we had Lori Smith's case, which says an artist should not be compelled to violate her conscience For a client, for the state of Colorado, she shouldn't be forced to do something that violates her faith. That's all it was. And Jared Polis came out against that. And now we're going to lift him up nationally as the most libertarian governor in America. As he gets ready to run for president. Friends, that's up to us. That is up to us who have visited Jack's bakery, looked in his eyes, bought his cookies, know Lori Smith because she attends our church as our neighbor, to make sure that this type of leadership does not reach national prominence. This has to be confronted head-on with the truth that Colorado has very serious problems with regards to how its government treats Christian conservatives. All right, Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran. 
on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. When we come back, you're not going to believe how the mayor of New York is struggling after becoming a sanctuary city. We'll be right back. (laughs) Johnny Cash is starting off his Sunday morning a little different than I do. (laughs) Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran. By the way, Randy's back in action at the Arapahoe County Tea Party this week. Um, And we have all missed Randy going through just a, Incredible personal time with the loss of his wife earlier this summer. He's going to be back in person Tuesday night at 630 at South Metro Fire Rescue Building in Centennial. Tickets are free but are required and can be obtained on Eventbrite or by sending an email to Party at gmail.com. He'll be speaking on current events as well as the new Trump lawsuit in Colorado. By the way, if you're just tuning in, in the 5 o'clock hour, we hosted Dave Williams for two segments talking all about this Trump lawsuit, this group of six that are trying to keep Donald Trump off of the ballot, you know, claiming to be for democracy and election integrity, meanwhile making sure that you can only choose the candidates that they approve. So um, that's how it works, apparently. Uh Friends, I got to play this audio. Eric Adams is the mayor of New York. And I found this clip online of him one year ago praising the idea of being a sanctuary city. We're so loving. We're so welcoming as a sanctuary city. Just just look at our lovingness. Look at our welcomingness. We're just the most wonderful people. And then a year later, claiming that there are so many immigrants in New York is going to destroy the city. And I've often said if they thought about consequences, they'd be Republicans. They're not. Here's Eric Adams. Listen to this. You, you pledged uh, during your campaign to uh, keep New York City a sanctuary a city. Are, do you have any concern that that, that policy uh, is, 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 for, is attracting more people to the border? more people to cross the border to make that dangerous no. trip? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, the city has always been a sanctuary city, and we've always managed those who wanted to come to uh, New York City to pursue the American dream. Let me tell you something, New Yorkers. So this is him last week. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're getting Ecuador. Now we're getting Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we're getting uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. How did that happen? And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. He sounds like Donald Trump in 2015. My goodness. And now Joe Biden's planning to force Greg Abbott in the state of Texas 
to keep all the migrants. The, the, the issue was never that America didn't want to be a welcoming society. Conservatives were just smart enough to recognize that you don't have the resources to be able to care for everybody that wants to come here. And it's critically important that people assimilate into our culture. So you can't create communities like Venezuelan communities or you know Mexican communities or Russian communities or anything like that where they end up so isolated that they don't assimilate into the values and the cultures and the laws of America. This is what France struggles so much with, where you end up with these isolated communities that just essentially reject the laws and implement oftentimes their own more restrictive religious laws. It's absolutely critical that assimilation into American values takes place. And if you just have a wide open border where people just walk right in and then are shipped off to places like New York, Chicago, Denver is a sanctuary city where they're not going to, and to be a sanctuary city means they're not going to partner with immigration to deport people. You end up with these problems. It's not racist to have a border at all. It's perfectly logical in order to keep communities healthy, strong, to keep the resources in the community, and to keep American values strong so assimilation takes place. That's all conservatives have ever been arguing with regards to immigration. If you want to come to this country, you follow the process. By following the process, you show us that you follow laws. And we are a nation of laws. So we want law-abiding people to come to this country. That's why you have a process with laws. It demonstrates to us that you are a law-abiding person. If your first act into this country is to break a law, you're demonstrating the exact opposite. And then you're not assimilating, you're forming communities that oftentimes shun Shrug off American values and American laws. That is what these progressive leaders have all of a sudden figured out, and they had to figure it out the hard way. Why is Eric Adams arguing that immigrants are going to destroy New York? Why is the mayor, the liberal progressive Democrat mayor, arguing that? Because there's too many. It's overwhelmed the system. It's overwhelming these neighborhoods and assimilation and commitment to following the law is not taking place. Conservatives were right about this all along. And it's nice to kindly finally see that these progressives are waking up to it, but they won't do anything with regards to the systemic problem of an open border. They won't address it there. Joe Biden wants to make Greg Abbott deal with all of these because it's been too overwhelming for the city. So you, conservatives, Republicans, you deal with it. It's wrong. It's wrong. A nation of boundaries and laws and borders is right. And this is going to continue to wreak havoc on these cities, on these communities, until we step up to address it.
Getting some text messages here. <laughs> Going after uh, Johnny Cash. If you haven't had beer and powdered donuts for breakfast, you haven't lived. <laughs> My Sunday mornings are trying to get kids into a car and out to church on time. So uh, we have a little bit different of a Sunday morning. All right, I'm going to pivot here a little bit. By the way, you're welcome to call in 303-696-1971 or text in on the app. Here's my question to you. Is New York getting what they finally deserve? Is Eric Adams getting what he finally deserves? Look at us. We're a proud sanctuary city. We welcome everybody. One year later, 12 months later, that very idea is going to destroy New York, he says. Destroy the city. I mean, that makes Donald Trump 2015 on border issues look middle of the road. Are they getting their curmudgeons, their, their, I think that's the wrong word. Are they getting what they deserve? Is New York getting what it's deserved? Is Denver getting what it's deserved? And do you think Joe Biden will ever shut down the border? Do you ever think they'll actually close that? Or are they just going to keep that open, keep it coming, and we'll find out some way to stop Greg Abbott from shipping immigrants to New York, Chicago? You remember when they put him on the plane to Nantucket and Nantucket shut him down? They're such hypocrites. They're such hypocrites. They just want to look nice by saying we're a sanctuary city. But the minute you put immigrants in our neighborhoods, we actually freak out about it. Oh, my goodness. With that and with the effort to keep Trump off the ballot, my blood pressure is a little high this week on this show. All right. Uh, I'm going to get into, let's see, Liberty Safes. This was fascinating. So Liberty Safes gets a request from the FBI to unlock a gun safe. They do it, and man, that blows up on Twitter. The guy that the FBI was targeting was connected with the January 6th events that took place there. And so they were serving him a subpoena. They wanted access to his guns, and Liberty Safe turned over the master codes to the FBI and they were able to get his into his guns. Here's Nathan Hughes on Twitter himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Nathan Hughes, and I'm the guy at the center of this whole uh, Liberty Safe controversy going on right now. Um, as many of y'all know, uh, last week I was raided by the FBI, and my house was searched um, over some January 6th allegations. Um, I guess the FBI called Liberty Safes, and Liberty Safes gave them a master code to get into my gun safe. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing, and uh, you know, I've come home to see that my safe is open um, after I got out of jail. So, uh, pretty crazy. I didn't know safe companies were, you know, would do that. Uh, so I feel like you know a lot of our gun safes are not actually safe. So um, I just wanted to thank everybody for their support and. Uh, just say, hey, I'm going to face these allegations head on and uh, probably not going to do any media appearances. Um, I've had a had a few different 
uh, people reach out from New York Times and some other ones. Um, not doing any any media stuff right now, and uh, I'm going to keep my head down and um, you know get through these next uh, I guess six to twelve months and see what happens. So just appreciate everybody's support and uh, have a good one. Thanks. So Nathan Hughes gets raided. FBI recognizes he has a gun lock. It's or gun case safe and it's owned by Liberty Safes, which is generally considered pretty conservative. I've seen a lot of videos from Sean Hannity about Liberty Safes. I think there were regular advertisers on Fox and with conservative organizations. And so Liberty Safes is served a subpoena, not against Liberty Safes, but shown that there's a warrant and a subpoena out for Nathan Hughes. So they provide the codes to the FBI and the conservative movement gets pretty angry and frustrated. Charlie Kirk looks into kind of political donations that have taken place. Liberty Safe was sold to Mononymy Capital Partners in 2021, a liberal East Coast investment firm. They pulled the FEC reports and noticed 400,000 donated over the last 10 cycles of max donations to Democrats like Ralph Raphael Warnock, John Fetterman, Mark Kelly. Liberty Safe's current CEO, Justin Hillebrand, was a founding partner of Mononymy and donated 4600 to Obama in America. And so conservative movement feeling betrayed by this, wondering why there wasn't even a pushback like when Apple, if you remember, this kind of gets into the Apple issue with regards to unlocking phones as well. And there were fights all in 2015 and 2016 around this. And the reason I'm interested in this is kind of the notion of privacy as it relates to business and then warrants from the FBI because, you know, those are valid as well, right? They're seeking out criminals. You may have opinions on whether or not Nathan Hughes is a criminal or not, but if they're drug dealers, should the FBI be able to get access to those gun safes? Interesting question. Interesting constitutional question. Privacy, Second Amendment issues there as well. So then Liberty responds this way. They're coming up with customer-friendly policy updates. So what everyone learned in this is that Liberty has the ability to access a safe if there's lost codes or there's lost keys. And Sean Hannity even talked about how he had lost himself codes and keys to his own Liberty safe, and Liberty safe was able to unlock his safe with a master code. So now here's what Liberty Safe has decided to do. After everyone has realized that there's general codes that can be used to unlock their their gun safes. They say this, we listened to our customers and updated our products and practices in response to their evolving needs. Today we are announcing a change that empowers our customers with greater control over the information. Effectively, immediately, existing customers can visit a website and fill out the form to have records of their access codes expunged. In the coming weeks, we'll be releasing a feature that gives every new customer this option when registering their safe. This change allows customers to take control of how their information is stored and protected. We understand that many of our customers are willing to assume the responsibility of safeguarding their own combination. So you can essentially contact Liberty Safe, and they will get rid of any ability of master codes. While those who opt out of our data storage process will have limited recourse in case of a lost combination, we respect their choice 
and are here to support them in the way that's best for them. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. We're up against a commercial break. Text in if you'd like on the 710K in US app or give us a call 303-696-1971. Should Liberty Safe be required to turn over codes upon the request of the FBI as it relates to privacy, Second Amendment rights, those types of issues? As I raised, it could be drug dealers, human traffickers. Does the FBI have the right to do that? Or should there be more privacy? around your gun safe and should liberty safe push back a little bit on this interesting constitutional question jeff hunt filling in for randy corporate we've only got one segment left take advantage of this we'll be right back after these messages red hot chili peppers there you go jeff hunt filling in for randy corporate <laughs> i did, that's like after my i was like early red hot chili peppers man like uh, 80s and 90s, even before you were born, Blake. Um, Jeff, I'm filling in for Randy Corcoran. We're in our last segment. And man, the text messages have blown up. Liberty's safe. It's disgraceful and maybe unconstitutional that they gave the FBI that master code. Government should be fearful of the people and not the people fearful of their government. Amen with that. Back in... From 2010 to 2012, Liberty Safe was a main sponsor of Glenn Beck. I think that's right. Kevin thinks we should boycott Liberty Safe. So Liberty Safe, if you're missing the story, there is a guy named Nathan Hughes. He's being investigated for January 6th crimes. And the FBI asked Liberty Safe for the code to his gun safe, and they handed it over. They didn't really fight it. So you're not even into the kind of like Apple 2016, 2017 issue. They just kind of turned it over. So Nathan Hughes makes that public. Liberty has to respond. Pretty big conservative backlash against Liberty on this. Is it right? Here's the counter argument. We may not agree with the guy being prosecuted. But what if it was stuff like human trafficking, drugs, you know, very serious crimes out there. Should the FBI be able to get access to their gun safes in their investigations? So Liberty responds this way. They say, all right, we're going to leave it up to the individuals. We will destroy their kind of unique access codes. We're not going to keep track of those anymore if they wish. So you're on your own. You misplace your code. You misplace your key. You're probably going to have to break that safe open and able to get to it. I don't know Liberty Safe safes. Maybe they're very difficult to get into, but you're on your own. And then they respond this way. Does this change your perspective? We've also revised our policies around cooperation with law enforcement. Going forward, we will require a subpoena that legally compels Liberty Safe to supply access codes, but can only do so if these codes still exist in our system. Our mission is to protect what matters most to our customers, whether that be of valuables or privacy. It is our pledge to continue to make excellent products that serve gun owners everywhere. So in the initial scenario with Nathan Hughes, the FBI just asked and Liberty turned it over. Now they're saying you will have to provide a subpoena to us, not, not necessarily the person you're pursuing. You will have to subpoena Liberty and then we will turn it over to you only if we still have it, 
because we've given our customers the right to destroy access to their safes if they lose their coats. Is that good enough? Does that change your perspective on liberty safes? Interesting. It's an interesting Second Amendment privacy issue right here. Because I understand the need of law enforcement to be able to get in. I also recognize the importance of protecting your Second Amendment rights. Very valuable. Text in on the text line. You do that on the 710K US app or give us a call at 303-696-1971. So we close here. I want to make sure you know about this because it's going to come to Colorado. I have sat down at the state legislature and dealt with this. California passes bills punishing parents who don't affirm trans kids in custody battles. Elon Musk calls it utter madness. What it actually means is that if you disagree with the other parent about sterilizing your child, you will lose custody. This is from Fox News. The California State Assembly passed a bill on Friday that would require judges in child custody cases to consider whether a parent has affirmed a child's belief that they are transgender. Bill 957 originally proposed that courts deciding custody cases must consider whether each parent was gender affirming of the child in question. An amendment in June added to the state standards of what constitutes parental responsibility for child welfare, requiring that parents must be affirming of a child's gender identity if they are to be judged fit for providing for, quote, the health, safety, and welfare of the child in a court of law. Commentators across X, formerly known as Twitter, scorched the bill for jeopardizing a parent's custody of their child if they do not acknowledge their transgender identity. So this is part of a larger process that's been taking place in legislators, legis, legislatures for a while. The notion that parents, as it relates to traditional views of gender, are harming kids if their kids want to transition. So how this has played out in the state of Colorado has been in everything from restricting parents' knowledge of counseling to requiring parents that if their kids want to face counseling on transgenderism, they're only allowed to be counseled to embrace transgenderism. Did you know that? Did you know that in the state of Colorado? If your child is struggling with LGBT issues, any of those, so let's take transgenderism. They're struggling between, you know, changing their gender or not changing their gender. If you take them to a counselor in the state of Colorado, they are mandated by law in Colorado to counsel that child to change their gender. Only one direction counseling in the state. Bet you didn't know that. We tried to fight that down at the state capitol and we were, I mean, scorched for being horrible, hatred people that are going to lead these kids into suicide. That's their argument, that if you counsel them in any other direction other than fully embracing transgenderism, which fully embracing means self-mutilating, self-mutilating and sterilizing themselves for life at the age of 12, 13, 14 years old, 
You do anything other than that, you may lead that kid to commit suicide. That was the argument made at the state capitol in Colorado. And now in California, if you're going through a divorce proceeding with your spouse and you have a custody issue and one of those persons wants to transition the kid, permanently sterilize that child, permanently scar them, carve them up, perfectly functioning body parts, and you don't embrace that, you are now going to lose custody of your children. They won't stop there. They're going to continue to work to where if you don't embrace transgenderism for your 12, 13, 14-year-old, permanently sterilize them, I bet they're eventually going to get to the position where they will seek to take your children away from you. The state will. That's where this ultimately goes. The state believes they can raise your children better. The state is controlled by a radical LGBTQ agenda. And they have all the power. Now, I mentioned this counseling issue. In the state of Colorado, 12-year-olds can receive as much transgender counseling as they want without ever notifying the parents. Did you know that's allowed in the state of Colorado? We fought it. And here was the whole background on it. They came and said, children are committing suicide in the state of Colorado. 12-year-olds committing suicide in the state of Colorado. Counselors need to be able to talk to somebody who's thinking about committing suicide. And the way the state law is written now is they need to stop the meeting, call the parent to get permission to continue counseling a kid that's on the verge of killing themselves. That was the foundation by which they changed Colorado law to have unlimited transgender counseling without parental notification for 12-year-olds. Now, what we proposed back to them was, okay, wow, if a kid goes into a counselor session and is saying, I'm going to kill myself right now, how about we agree to one counselor meeting with that 12-year-old, and then you call parents to at least let them know that the kid is thinking about harming themselves. How about we do that? We proposed that. We said, how about two meetings or three meetings? How about five meetings? We'll allow five meetings with those 12-year-olds before you have to notify parents. They rejected every single one. The goal was never about dealing with kids that are suicidal. The goal was about removing you, the parent, from the equation. That was what they aimed to achieve. And they did. So now, right now, in the state of Colorado, you have a kid that's struggling with transgender issues. They may be meeting with counselors without you ever even knowing about it. And in those counseling meetings, those counselors are only allowed to do one thing, not help bring reason, not say, hey, maybe this is a temporary thing. Maybe you should slow down. Maybe you should wait. Maybe you should explore other feelings, other avenues. No, no. In those meetings, they're only counseling them to fully transition, to carve up perfectly healthy body parts, and to become permanently sterile for the rest of their lives. That is what's happening 
in your state of Colorado. And in California, they're now going the next step. They will continue to march down this until they have total control of your children. You are a threat to the leftist, Marxist, statist agenda. You as a parent are a threat. And you must, must fight back for parental rights. Friends, it's been a real honor to be with you. Thank you for all the text messages. They're still coming in. Powerful. Thank you. Friends, I had a great time. And I want to thank Randy Corcoran for letting me fill in. Like I mentioned, Randy's going to be back at the Tea Party this Tuesday night, 6.30, Arapahoe Tea Party at South Metro Fire Rescue in Centennial. Get your tickets at ArapahoeTeaParty at gmail.com. ArapahoeTeaParty at gmail.com. Randy, back in action. He'll be talking about the lawsuit to try to keep Trump off the ballot. Friends, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com backslash Jeff Hunt, or I guess x.com backslash Jeff Hunt. God bless you all, and yeehaw. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.